Well, poor Thomas, right? Poor Thomas. For generations, from that first Easter Sunday to today, generation of generation of Christians, artists and poets and musicians and priests and faithful, keep calling him Doubting Thomas. Thomas is forever known as the doubter. And I'm tired of it. Because it's not entirely true. It's not. If you understand what else happened, we actually see that Thomas was just like the rest. Slow to believe. And yet we call Thomas doubting year after year on this Divine Mercy Sunday as we hear this gospel account from John chapter 20. So in order to explain myself, I want to go back to the very beginning of this evening's gospel for some context, a little timeline, if you will, of that first Easter Sunday, okay? Timeline of Easter Sunday number one. On the evening of that first day of the week, okay? So it's Easter Sunday evening. The doors were locked where the disciples were. Where were they? The upper room. The same place three days ago. They just had the Last Supper where the Eucharist was just instituted. Why are they there? For fear of the Jews. They don't want to happen to them what just happened to Jesus a few days ago. And Jesus comes and stands in their midst and says to them, peace be with you. And for the first time, the apostles see the risen Lord. They see him. But there's been other opportunities at first Easter Sunday to believe that he's risen and they haven't. Because if we go back earlier in the day, that first Easter, Early in the morning, before the sun rose, while it was still dark, a certain disciple by the name of Mary Magdalene and the other Marys went to the tomb. And what did they find there? Nothing. The tomb was empty. Mary Magdalene, of course, is a bit concerned, saying, while he should be here, he is not. I better let someone know. Well, who better than Peter and James and John and the other apostles to tell? And of course, as Mary Magdalene is on the way, going to tell the other apostles that the tomb is empty, what happens? The risen Christ appears to her. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene and the other Marys. And what does she then do? She runs and tells them. What do they do? They run to the tomb. What do they find? It empty. Do they see him? No. As a result, they do not believe that he's risen. The other apostles did not believe Mary Magdalene had seen him. They basically said what Thomas said. Until I see him, I will not believe. Now we, of course, then know on that first Easter Sunday evening, as we heard, Jesus does show up. And he says, peace be with you. Now, where's Thomas? 
We don't know where Thomas is. Maybe he's running an errand. Maybe he's picking up a six-pack. I don't know. It's Easter Sunday. Who knows? Through no fault of his own, Thomas isn't there. As far as we know, we're not told that Thomas is supposed to be there. Maybe he's the courageous one. Right? They're there because of fear. Maybe he's the one out there spreading the news. We don't know. The point is, everyone, the other disciples also did not believe until they saw him. And so for Thomas to say, I will not believe until I put my fingers in his side and touch the nail marks, he's just like the others. A bit of a scaredy cat, you could say. And then Jesus shows up. And Thomas comes to faith in Christ because he saw and touched. And then Jesus says something remarkable, doesn't it? And I hope it stirs your own heart. Jesus says, Thomas, have you come to faith because you see me? Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Blessed are those who have faith in the risen Christ without having seen him. Now, unless you're St. Faustina, who has had an apparition of the risen Christ that we have on display over by our wonderful monitor, unless you've seen that, then we're the ones Jesus is talking about. Blessed are those who still believe and yet have not seen. Now, although we may not see him risen, we of course know that he is. We rely on the faith of our founders, the faith of the apostles, the faith of Mary Magdalene, and the faith of Scripture that this is true. And then, although we do not necessarily see, we believe. But do you know what else happens, everyone? We encounter this risen Christ. We come into contact with this risen Christ. This risen Christ changes everything. The one that lives in you through baptism is Christ risen. The one we will receive in a few moments in Holy Communion is the risen Christ. The one that says, I absolve you from your sins is the risen Christ. We come into contact with Christ who is risen all the time. And that is an incredible reality. And on this Divine Mercy Sunday, we think of Christ is risen. We think of his blood and water gushing forth from his heart. We think of mercy. And we know that mercy is not just some vague, squishy thing. Mercy is something very specific. Mercy is God's own compassionate heart coming into contact with our misery. It's what the word means. Misericordiae. God's own compassionate heart. His core, if you will. Coming into contact where you and I are miserable. Where we have nothing. Where we are poor. Where we are lacking. Where we have hopelessness, if that's the case. God's compassionate heart touching your misery. That is what mercy is. That is what Thomas touched. 
That is who we received. That is who we profess. And that is the one we give our lives to. One who was dead is now alive. 